Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are exploding in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way Join Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane. For today's interview, we have Kim Courier joining us. She is the marketing lead for Decentraland, a virtual social world for creators owned by creators, also known as Metaverse. <laughs> so, Kim, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to talk about Decentraland and the Metaverse because I feel like we haven't really had a dedicated discussion about this. I do remember we had DCL Blogger on and he was saying he kind of like got his start making videos mm-hmm. on Decentraland. And we kind of got into it a little bit then, but yeah, Decentraland's been around for a while and, you know, it's about time we shine a light on it. But yeah, anyways, we're recording this right after Thanksgiving, folks, so we're all, you know, just getting back from our family vacations and <laughs> ready to jump back into Web3. Michael, how was your uh, your last week? Ooh, it was pretty wild. The kids had all week off of school, so it was like 10 days no school. I have three kids, Kim, and it's pretty wild. You know, you said you have two, I believe. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Andy could bleep that if that's not public. <laughs> but yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So, but yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good week. You know, a lot just a lot of family stuff. We actually went out to eat for Thanksgiving. Really? Smart move. Yeah. Yeah. I usually <laughs> no, less dishes. Yeah, I usually cook. I mean, I I cook everything. I love cooking, but we just we decided to like with like sixteen people go to big go to restaurant. Wow, I love that move. We flew in the in laws. So where 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 on the east coast? Where on the east coast is everybody from? Uh, Our family's kind of spread all over. I'm originally born and raised in New York, and then we lived in Boston for a few years. Mm -hmm. My husband's family's Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont area. And okay. my family's New York, Pennsylvania. So uh, yeah. we had a good yeah, time. I'm, but I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly. Oh, okay, my, my wife's from North Central Pennsylvania. So yeah, probably some of the same. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you a Philly sports fan? Of course. Eagles fan. 10 and oh, 1. Man. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you're ready. I'm hoping you're a Giants fan. So I, can I am. You. you are. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hate the Giants. We snuck Hate out a win. Giants. Snuck out a win. Yeah. And I was watching I with actually, all Patriots well, fans. So. Well, here's the here's the thing with the Giants, though. I'm rooting for the Giants to win a few of these games for the draft <laughs> I bet pick. you are. <laughs> for the yeah. draft pick. So you guys don't get like the first or second pick. Exactly. I, I, th- I think the lo- I think the long game. Two of my best <laughs> friends are big Giants fans from Penn State. So we nice. uh, buttheads all the time. I love it. I get it. I went to college in New England, so all I deal with is Patriots, Patriots and Red fans, Sox. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. Patriots fans are tough because they won a lot. They are tough to they deal did. with. They did. They yeah. did. And while I was living there, too. So right. Exactly. Nothing like exactly. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt. 
No doubt. Oh, Jenny loves Three. when we start talking sports. So we, we... <laughs> Jenny's like, I'm out. I'm out. How, how about that <laughs> Eagles Bills game last night? By the yeah. way, that Eagles Bills game was insane. But that's all right. I digress. I digress. Yeah, I, I've actually been watching a little bit of football because my b- boyfriend is like really into football. So uh, I kind of like had to watch football over like the Thanksgiving time. It was horrible, but I'm learning. I'm learning some things and I'm learning that there's a lot of games. Who's his team? Um, You don't know his team. Oh, this is oh, good. Oh, oh, what the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> my that hurts God. us both. That hurts Why, us is that both. bad? Is that bad? That's really yes. bad. Yes, oh, really? Is, <laughs> that's sorry. really bad. That's like, oh, no. <laughs> is that a red flag? Red flag. Well, red flag. That's <laughs> a, that's a, well listen, if he's from... Dallas, it's not really that much of a red flag because you got to be fair. Yeah, not. if you're if you just pick them, if you're from like like oh, Minnesota, yeah, no, if you're from like Minnesota and then you're a Dallas fan, that's a red flag. <laughs> because you need to be a fan of your home team. Why would you not be a fan of your home team? Unless See, like, I never if- understood that. I always thought you could just pick a team. Why? Why does it have to be your home team? Why can't you just? Pick whoever you want, and then that's who you root for. Because, like, when you're in school growing up, like, there'd be, like, everyone's rooting for the same team, and then you have one little weird outcast who's rooting <laughs> for the, the Cowboys. I remember that kid in my school. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. Sorry. So, red flag. Um, <laughs> to see, got sorry. to see. Let, no, well, there, maybe his father was a Cowboys fan. I don't want to. There's no, a good reason, probably, I'm sure. He's probably going to listen. Sure and when I good. when I meet him, he's I want to listen. Like, he's not. Okay. Okay. Oh, he's, he's not, not going to listen. listen. Big red flag. Then this is like a Matt <laughs> Rife red flag. This is uh... Michael's like dump him. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> not going to well, make no, it. Not going to make well, it. Well, you are going on vacations all around the world now. So now it's kind. Of, I mean, you might keep him for that. Yeah, I might keep him for the world travels. Yeah. Sounds like a um, <laughs> yeah. He okay, sounds so nice. Go ahead. Sounds nice. Yes. You learned one thing about him and he sounds that nice. For, no, he, he sounds, no, I think, he, well, you seem very happy, which I think is great, but the Cowboys <laughs> fan thing is the only thing that gave me pause. <laughs> pause. Okay. So we got to get back into <laughs> NFTs here, folks. Um, enough <laughs> yes. sports talk. Kim, I want to hear your story on how you got into Web3. Oh, uh, yes, it was about two years ago. So there's a little more sports talk, Jenny. Sorry, in the story. But my brother um, is a big sports fan and was really into Top Shot at the time. And I was like, I don't get it. Uh, I can YouTube it. Like, what is the point? And so as I was like, okay, I'm a marketer. I have to understand this thing if it's a cultural phenomenon. Like, I need to try and understand why would people pay money for this stuff? So started doing some research, looking into the tech to be like, how does all of this work? And as I'm diving deep, as we all do, we go down deep rabbit holes and I end up in kind of the like PFP craze, also the idea of membership on chain. And that's where I got really interested and started looking at it from a like marketing loyalty program perspective and was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I should learn more about how this could work. Maybe we could use it in for one of my clients in the future. This time was about two years ago. So it was during COVID. I had time to do all of this because uh, I had quit my job because I have two little kids, like I said. And at the time, their schools were canceled. But I was so bored mentally because I was doing a stay-at-home job, um, stay-at-home mom 
at the time working. And so I was like, okay, I need something that's entertaining and like mentally stimulating. And this was new tech. So there was a lot you could learn, a lot you could dive into. Um, And a lot of people at that moment, I didn't feel like in my social circles were talking about the marketing side of it. And so that's kind of where I started playing around. And that's what interested me. So that was 2021. And then I started doing some freelancing marketing work and worked for an NFT. So a PFP project was looking for some marketing support. And I was like, oh, I got time on my hands. I'll do it during nap time. And just got fully invested. Found, loved the idea of community building, the idea of supporting artists and creators. I am not personally a creator myself, but I really like amplifying entrepreneurial stories, creator stories. And so that's kind of the the lane I picked in this world and have really kind of dove in since. So I got really into the um, women-led PFP craze, all the different projects there, and ended up becoming a collector and have yet to sell one. So I'm a really bad investor, <laughs> but a great collector. And I just really enjoy following these artists and hearing how they got into this space and how they're creating their new future opportunities and careers in it. So that's kind of the how I got here about two years ago and never left from that day of learning about Top Shot. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I also Top Shot was also like my first thing that I really got into. So you're the ultimate diamond hander, which is so rare, <laughs> I think. I am. What do you like to collect? I have I'm not gonna lie, my first project was a full rug immediately. I should have known <laughs> it by the name. It of was course. Like, Drunken Panda, like something so stupid. I remember that one. I remember that one. <laughs> it rubbed like within a day. It was so bad. But oh, no. I feel like you haven't been in this space if you haven't been rubbed pretty aggressively right at the beginning. It's the way you learn best. Yeah. Um, I like to collect a variety. Um, I do some one-on-one, one-of-one art from some cool fashion artists. I really like this artist, uh, Adriana, who does some like high-end fashion illustration, which is kind of fun. Talia Zoraf does some great stuff. That's the project I worked on. And then I also like to collect membership type styles. So I'm in Club CPG, which is a group for anyone that's not familiar, uh, originally started of people working in consumer packaged goods, all like coming together and learning about the space and giving investing and startup advice, which was kind of fun. So I got into that membership community. Um, And Boys Club is probably one of my favorites. Another membership community where everyone's really learning about this space together, the future of the internet. So I like the idea of membership communities, that it's not like the paying for your friends vibes, like we only party, but the like learn together there's business implications behind some of them. And there's like a good network where you can really use that community to create other opportunities and help one another. And I think that's a that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know Michael's like really into like the loyalty membership type NFT stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think loyalty, loyalty membership, like that, that's a great use case for it because it makes, makes so much sense. sense. The block, <laughs> the right, the blockchain technology is just a better way to to do all that mm-hmm. um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see also what happens in music with the technology. So I don't have any music NFTs that I've purchased yet, but definitely following that industry because yep. I think that the transparency on chain and royalties and all of that's really exciting. So that's the next one I plan to watch. <laughs> Who do you think is doing loyalty and memberships really well? Who do you think is doing like, because there's mm. some good loyalty programs out there that I like. I just wanted to see what you thought. Besides um, Starbucks. 
<laughs> I will not say Starbucks because okay. I actually am not a coffee drinker. So I don't go to Starbucks. Me um, neither. I'm not a great... coffee drinker either. They are yeah. doing a great job. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting case study um, for yeah. sure. But yeah. I have been watching. Um, I liked what, who was it? Bleacher Report did one early on another sports one, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm liking everything Co-Create is doing, Terrafung right now, what they're building. So I'm interested to see the use cases that come out of that mm-hmm. in the future. I know she just launched a tattoo artist one that was kind of cool. And I, I mean, the one I feel like I got the most value out of was CPG. Um, yeah. I really liked the people I met in that community. And I met a lot of builders that are creating really cool stuff. So I think from a networking opportunity, that one's given me the most value and friendships. I have lifelong friendships that I found in that community just because we had a lot of aligned interests. And I think that's where this space is interesting. Of I would have never met these people in the normal day-to-day life I have right now. Um, we're all across the world, different varying statuses of our life. Some are married, some are single, there's kids, whatever. But right. we all ended up, you know, at the same in real life event and had a lot in common or we're in the same Slack group and I can talk at night when my kids are sleeping. And that aligned interest is something that's harder to replicate in real life at times. So I really like the ability to be able to do that on chain too. Love that. Yeah, no, th- That's what everyone always says. And it's the truth. All the people we've been able to meet, I mean, like from all different walks of life, all around the planet in the last couple of years has been incredible for sure. Another one to look at that's kind of new, Lufthansa. Have you seen theirs? Oh, the airline. Yeah. I haven't looked into their program, but I heard it launched. It's pretty cool. They're doing uh, every airport you land at, you get uh, like a stamp for that airport. And then you could start collecting. And if you go to a certain amount, they'll upgrade you to the lounge, upgrade your seat, Love whatever that. it is. And they, yeah, it's really cool. And then it's you smart. can track it. You'll have them in your wallet forever, all the different places you've been. I'm waiting for like, I'm a Marriott bon- Bonvoy member and I'm waiting Same. for the hotels to all like jump on board, do their partnerships mm-hmm. with their airlines, cross promote. I think what's interesting is there's so many opportunities here where, Lufthansa and Bonvoy, like it makes yeah. sense for airlines and hotels. What if I have a ton of tier points for doing on-chain actions with the hotel, but I don't need a hotel? Maybe you can partner with the airline. Like I just think there's a lot of cross opportunities for brands that haven't mm-hmm. yet materialized. And again, I know we're early, but that's where I see it going. I think it's really cool. Or what if, I mean, I moved from Boston to San Diego. There are different places here that are interesting. What if I had status at one in Boston, but I don't need it anymore? Could I sell it? Yeah. I, I did right. all that work. I have all the points. Like, how do you do that kind of stuff? That's interesting um, yeah. for rewards is so cool. Yeah. The thing with like like Bonvoy is almost like a lost cause because they, they've devalued it so much. <laughs> Honestly, know, like, it's killing it used it. to be right. It used to be so amazing <laughs> and they, they've devalued it so much. They don't barely let you transfer point. They don't want any of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, but like, like, uh, I actually have a friend in the Keys who has 12 hotels and I've been too busy to do it. But he said I could start a loyalty program for him. And totally like, yeah. And like, it'd be really awesome. You could do all kinds of cool stuff. I just haven't had the time to put it together, but we've talked about it all the time. Like, I really want Airbnb to do it. Airbnb would be awesome if they did. Spot for every state or like you did the types, like you did a a van, you did a house, you did a whatever. They're different categories. It's so fun. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking through my history, you know, like of Airbnb. I've looked because because I've been staying Airbnbs for a decade and like all over the world. And it's pretty cool to look through it. I'd love to have a like a bad system. Yeah. Yeah. For each one I stayed at that I have forever, for sure. 
Because then if they go out of business one day, then I don't know where I ever stayed at Airbnb. Exactly. Having yeah. access to all of that would be a yeah, good time. I love that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Cool. I just had to fact check you to make sure that it, it was possible for you to be doing Airbnb for a decade. Apparently it came out in 2008. <laughs> wow. Let me, I'm going to see where my earliest the live fact check. She was like, I don't I, know about I, that. I, I remember when I learned about it, my wife and I were in Buenos Aires walking through. There's a famous cemetery there where uh, Evita is buried right in the center of the city. And this couple told us about it. And she's like, yeah, it's where all the kids are staying. It was the first time that we were like Airbnb. It sounded weird and looked it up. And ever since then, but I'm going to log into my account as this goes on because Jenny fact checked me. She's mad because I think I fact I had to fact check you a couple of weeks ago and I think she held a grudge. So she <laughs> thought she was going to get me. It's more that we can't believe it's been 10 years. It's been so yeah. fast or it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that feeling is, you know, I'm going to have to keep in, keep in mind that cemetery view. Yeah. We're going to, we're hosting a Decentraland creator summit an invite only summit in Buenos Aires this year for no creators. And I'm like, we're thinking of things to do at, while we have everyone there. And I'm like, Ooh, I might have to go visit. I've been there twice. It's awesome. One of my, yeah. fa- I, I, I've been all over Argentina, but Buenos Aires is, is really awesome. If you want to know anything about yeah. it, I could definitely give you some fun fact. It is the Buenos birthplace Aires. of Decentraland. No way. Really? Yeah. That is where the founders were all living together and kind of how it came, came about back in uh, 2015. That's where they were when they had the idea. 2015. Yeah, wow. I know. Throwback is when they um, concepted it. And then they were living together at kind of like the, a hacker house type of idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2017, they did the white paper, but right out of Buenos Aires. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. So that's why you guys chose that location yep. for the... Bringing it home. Yeah. yeah. Central and Community Summit. That's really cool. You, you should do something with the cemetery. It's not just a regular cemetery. It's like all, it's like for, I mean, it's city blocks, like huge, but it's these huge mausoleums. Okay. Like everywhere Adding to my list. Through. It's really neat. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Maybe the world, maybe like, one of the world's most famous cemeteries. We'll have to fact check it, Jenny. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. What are the world's most famous cemeteries. That one I could look up easier. <laughs> just ask chat gpt all right you find it? The, you're taking too long the, it's it's the third one there you there, go there it, all right there's one in paris there's the hillgate cemetery which in in london and then it's there the cemeterio de arecoleta which is the one in buenos aires very cool yeah, <laughs> let's go Okay, I do want to, um, you brought up Decentraland. We got to start talking about Decentraland. And I know you've been working at Decentraland for a little over a year now, right? I saw your yes. one-year post, um, <laughs> which was a great way to kind of do some research on some things as you were talking about, some of your highlights. But how did you start working for Decentraland? How'd you get started working? I feel like it's a, a typical Web3 story. Uh, we were, when I was working in an NFT project, we did some wearables for Decentraland. Um, and so that's how I first started like a connection with the team. But it was one of those, I saw a Discord post from the current marketing director who was like, hey, at Decentraland, we're going to be hiring soon. And I just did the social media DM. Hey, what kind of roles are you going to hire for? I'm just curious. Maybe I know someone. And she's like, great, you have an interview, you know, next week. And I was like, I don't know what the role is. (laughs) But it ended up being um, a social media job at the time. 
And uh, which was great because I had done some social media work before, but I definitely am more of a marketing generalist. So we had always talked about start there, learn a little bit more about the community and the team. I had been to actually the My BFF party in Decentraland that Paris Hilton DJed. So that was my first like party experience with them. My daughter, hilarious side note, is my daughter was she was like three, four at the time. And she leaned over and she's like, what are you doing, mommy? And I had like an avatar who was, you know, in a cute (laughs) outfit and partying. And I was like, oh, I'm at a party. And she's like, I want to play with the lady at the party. So she's like working my mouse. So I video her and Paris Hilton reposted it. Which was oh kind God, of like that's awesome. hilarious. Such an epic first Decentraland party where you're like, Paris Hilton was DJing it. My four-year-old was like raging with the avatar. Then right around that time, I ended up getting an interview with them, which was just like a very fun Web3 situation. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Maybe they're like, oh my gosh, she got retweeted by Paris Hilton. We need her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, she figured out social media. She can go. Yeah, she has it figured <laughs> out. I-, I remember my first Decentraland party which was man i don't know if you remember this but alice in wonderland she's like a popular edm artist she Mm -hmm. launched wonder quest eggs which didn't end up doing well like now it's at like zero dollars but she i remember she like airdropped decentraland wearables Mm -hmm. and um i had heard about decentraland but i never really like got into it and yeah i my sister was like oh my god you gotta join the party and like she was like djing in decentraland and everyone was wearing (laughs) their cloaks and it was so cool. Like, it, it was such a vibe. And so I was like, oh, yeah. my God, my sister, she's like, you can dance in here. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just so funny because it's just like the place you can just like dance and have fun, like mm-hmm. in the metaverse. And, you know, it's, just, it's kind of like a party, but, you know, it's not in real life. And I don't yeah. know. It's pretty dope. But yeah, I think I don't that's, that's definitely you- a misconception about that is like, yeah, when you say I say I work in the metaverse sometimes to people that have like no idea what I'm talking about. And they're like, oh, so you work for meta. And I'm like, okay, step one. No, <laughs> meta no, is not no, the metaverse. No, no, no. <laughs> so I think that's like always a fun misconception. They're like, well, what do you do in there? You put on a headset and you just like talk to each other. And I'm like, no, I go to like a sick rave and I'm uh, dancing and I'm partying <laughs> and I don't have a headset. And so there's just still that misconception of like, what is the metaverse and what is these individual virtual worlds. So I try to explain to people that like the metaverse is kind of like saying I work for the internet (laughs) in like early 2000, you know, it's a big space that's all connected to one another and you can explore, but there's different worlds or virtual realities or augmented realities kind of a part of the metaverse. So I think of Decentraland is really a decentralized open source virtual social world like we have a lot of parties it's probably the most fun thing in my opinion that happens in decentraland is like it's a vibe you go you pick out your wearables which are the clothes for your avatar you buy your emotes which are the moves and animations your avatar can do those are all nfts in decentraland and so you can have a full-blown dance party where People have unique moves, unique looks, and it's it's a good time. I think a vibe, as you said it, is like the best way I describe a Decentraland party. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting to, it, I don't know, it's just, you have to experience it. Yeah. Which I was wondering if you guys are doing another New Year's Eve party, because I know like last year you guys did one. Yeah, this year we are going to do a New Year's Eve event. It's going to be a little bit more artistic, creative. 
Um, I don't know how much I can share because it hasn't been announced yet, but okay. definitely a New Year's Eve event coming around the holidays and a lot more collaborative art situation that I think everyone can get involved in and have a good time. And the community will definitely be throwing parties for sure. Um, I'm sure we will see many parties, but um, I represent the foundation, which is the nonprofit side of Decentraland, which so many people don't realize also is Decentraland is a platform. There is the foundation, which I work for, and we handle like the main foundational elements of the platform. So the IP, the engineering, all of that kind of stuff. But we also have a DAO. So I'm sure your listeners are aware of what a DAO is, but Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And that really is the community voting for what they want to see happen in the platform. And so our DAO um, has its own treasury and the community can do a ton of events and make a ton of changes on the platform through the DAO governance system. And so we, as the foundation, do do a few big events throughout the year. We just did met um, our Decentraland Music Festival. We always do a fashion week, a big art festival. But the community is hosting events every day. I can't even imagine what they're doing today. Um, but our events page always has something really cool going on. There could be a pool party. There could be a new EDM DJ coming in. There could be an art gallery. So the community really puts on their own event events because it is a fully open source and decentralized space. What's the easiest place to find the events page? Events.decentraland.org. Like, yeah. Nice. And that's like the full list of everything happening. And anyone can add an event to that without ever speaking to anyone that works at Decentraland, quote unquote. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, the cool thing is that, like it shows the coordinates and everything. You just yeah. jump right in and go straight to it. You're not going to get lost trying to you know find the party. You'll know where to be. Yeah, you could also do a jump in based on like where the most people are. So if you're like, I don't know what's going on, I'll be like, where are the most people? I'll just go there, see oh. what they're doing. <laughs> which is which is a hot tip. Um, that's yeah. the, the alpha of where is everyone? <laughs> yeah, I also like. Um, that's a little different from other metaverse type spaces is it's transversible. So you can just walk around and stumble upon anything. You know, the land is fully open. So if you want to just go walk around and explore and see what you see that day, you can totally do that. And it can change day to day. It can change land coordinates to land coordinates. You can see something that looks like an absolute bottle because absolute's throwing a party or it could be a community, one of the scenes, it was actually really fun during Music Fest, um, was a scene made of all like these big mushrooms and people were like dancing on all the different mushrooms while they were watching a concert on the big screen. So like each scene is totally unique and you could have a mushroom next to an absolute bottle next to a, UNET, a UNESCO site that's like a historical um, repli replica of a tomb. Like it's such a wide range of content. And I think that's what makes it so much fun to see the creativity and the diversity of content that people create in this space. Nice. Okay. So here's what I'm curious about is let's say I want to build a house in the central land. How would I go about doing that? No problem. So you could do it two ways. First is you could buy or rent land in Genesis City, which is like the main spot into central land so that's the the world everyone can kind of walk through on their own so you could buy land or is rent that it on the, the one let's let's right is that the one i'm looking at on open sea it has ninety eight thousand one hundred seventy one. 
Are they, is that how many plots are yeah. in Genesis City? There were 90,000, but I know people split them and combine them. So I don't know what the current number is on OpenSea, but yeah, got it. probably got it. about 90,000 okay. plots. Yep. Some people like combine plots to make estates. Um, you could do a variety of different things, but yes. Okay. So all the plots were originally sold back in the original ICO. So that was in 2017. And from there, no additional land was ever granted. However, what did happen is we now have worlds, which are kind of like your own unique private island. So if you wanted to build a house and you didn't want random people strolling into your virtual house, you could do that on a world. And all you need to do a world is have a name. So you could buy a name on Decentraland for like $40. Or if you own an ENS, we actually um, collaborate with them and ENS holders can have their own world. Oh, so if you own, you know, Jenny on the blockchain example type yeah. stuff, you can go in and just build a world based on the name you already have with an ENS. That's really cool. I feel like now might be the time to get some land because I remember when <laughs> me, Steph, Swicky and Newbie, we were all going to like go in on Decentraland land. This was like over a year ago and we were going to make kind of like a uh, my sister used to host like these ladies night live streams. We were going to make kind of like a ladies night party house type of thing and like live stream from there where people can watch it in there and everything but it i don't know we just ended up not doing that you could totally collaborate um we have a community creator called tang poco um and she launched this place called the dollhouse and it's basically like a really awesome club it was a social club and she said when she first joined she just didn't see like a fun social club where like the women were hanging out basically. And she's like, I want to build that. And she built that. She's one of our top creators. And she was actually our fashion week mod supermodel, the first supermodel of metaverse fashion week that we had. Wow. Um, and so she just kind of learned how to do all of this. She now does um, wearables that are super cute. Um, she creates wearables, she creates emotes, and then she hosts some of the best epic parties. She actually did that scene with the mushrooms um, in Decentraland as well. So oh. It's fun to be able to, if you're thinking of creating, go in and see what people have created and it'll spark ideas or collaborations because um, the community is super open to help, which is something pretty unique, I think, to Decentraland. I've never seen builders and coders and everyone who in theory should be like competing for people visiting their scenes be more collaborative and helpful. They're like, my code's stuck. I can't figure it out. And they'll be like, all right, let me help you. Did you try this? Did you try this? Um, we're obviously a lower poly system. So people will be like, okay, how did you get your triangles? This is all language I'm learning, but I am not a coder. But like, how did you get your triangles to hit under the maximum? Like they just help each other so much. And I love that that Web3 ethos really comes alive with the community here. How do people make like wearables? So they have to have some some skills in Blender um, and some of the other design element programs. But you could either, if you have an idea, so like I am not a coder and I have no animation <laughs> skills whatsoever. So I could partner with someone and you could like co-collaborate or hire them to make a wearable and you design it, brand it, sell it. You'd be like, it's my wearable. I'm hiring you to create it. Or <laughs> you could work on creating it yourself. Most of our creators are actually all self-taught, which like blows my mind. 
Yeah. Um, they learned a lot from one another on YouTube videos. We have a pretty good YouTube channel that creators have all contributed to and they make their own YouTubes and stream. We have our community members host uh, Fafo. I'm assuming we're allowed to curse on this podcast, but fuck around and find out sessions <laughs> um, that they all do together, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. So they pretty much are mostly self-taught our creators, which I think is pretty awesome in terms of bringing new fashion designers into the world. Because I know that category as a whole is pretty exclusive. Dude. So thinking yeah. of ways that you can expand your skill set to be like, I'm a digital wearable fashion designer. And that's a pretty cool thing to say. Yeah. And you can like set your own price. It's kind of like, it yeah. reminds me of like Etsy where it's like, you can totally. set your own prices, the quantity, everything. And mm-hmm. other people can buy. I went crazy one day and I was just buying a bunch. I was like, you know, <laughs> buying a bunch of manas. I can just totally. buy all these wearables. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see. Did you buy this is my favorite question to ask people that buy a lot of wearables. Did you buy things that are similar to your style in real life or did you buy things that are oh. like an alter ego persona that your avatar embodies? Yeah, no. I I'm I think I'm pretty boring in real life when it comes to that. I'm not very fashionable, but Same. oh my gosh, yeah, in Disneyland, I was like, "Ooh, colorful and, you know, yeah. I, mean, I I was yeah, I wasn't trying to go for real life. I don't like that. For like virtual stuff, I like to go crazy, colorful, like fun, like just like totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like to I like the creative stuff. My avatar is pink hair. As you can tell, I'm like nice. a stick, a mom <laughs> of two, usually in sweats. <laughs> like my avatar is like glitter, neon, pink hair, yes, wild shoes, like the whole thing. And I think that's what also makes the digital fashion super fun is people can be like, this is how I would want to present myself if I didn't have to worry about comfort, <laughs> like practicality <laughs> and buying um, all the stuff, you buying know, like, it in all. real life. It's like <laughs> waste. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is yeah. awesome. It's five mana. Like, why not support a creator? Um, yeah, and I think one of the things that also helps bring a lot of cool creators in is just the lower barrier to entry from like a financial standpoint. Our fees were determined by the DAO. So everyone voted on how much it would be. So to create a piece or to publish a piece, it's about 100 USD, but creators keep 97.5% of all primary sales in Decentraland. And then the other two and a half percent goes to the DAO. So the foundation or like the Decentraland platform actually keeps zero. Wow. So it's a unique spot for creators when you're thinking about other places they can create and how much they actually get to retain over time. Um, And then we have the secondary royalties as well for them. So it's a really great business model for some of our creators who are able to come up with different unique ideas for wearables or emotes. Um, Emotes are also NFTs that people can create as of about a year ago. And we've had, they're really popular part of the community. Like you were saying, the dancing's so fun. People are doing really cool stuff. We've had over 2 million emotes activated in the past year of them being brought into the marketplace. I didn't so realize people there are, was that many people on in people the central are land. Fun. I think even like you go to one party, like I'm doing a ton of emotes. I'm doing the like throw the money in the air, which is like <laughs> yeah. one of our base ones. But I've also bought some new ones. Um, we just launched ones that are like shake the champagne and celebrate and it like bubbles over <laughs> and causes the champagne cork sound. But like people are getting really creative. One of our creators, Kinesa, I believe it was Kinesa, just did um, a hula hoop one. So they had a party where they were all standing and like hula hooping together. And I was like, who would have thought to like hula hoop in the (laughs) metaverse? But like, what a cool idea. Or we had someone do a pole dancing one, odd job. 
made oh. a pole dancing emote. <laughs> so, like people are really going out there and going beyond just like dance. Someone created a like a lay down and chill where like their legs are crossed and they're just like chilling. <laughs> and so I'm like, people are definitely getting creative with what would my avatar do if I'm not at a party? And those are the ones that are starting to be really fun to see. That's fun. That is exciting. Yeah, Michael, I know you got some questions, so bounce yes. it back to you. All right. So should we stick with Decentraland or should we keep going? Because I, I actually want to get I mean, Let's keep going. Because I actually want to get into. Yeah. yeah. One of the things in your bio and then when I went to your uh, link tree, I saw that you have the Calendly for some Web3 career advising. And I just kind of I wanted to get into that. I wanted to see like what people come to you with, what jobs you're seeing, what the salaries are like. Like maybe mm-hmm. some of our listeners want to get Web3 jobs. I know like the first thing everybody thinks of is like community moderator. It's a great place yeah. to, to get started. But what do you see? And what's what's the as a buyer market, seller market, you know, what's what's going on in that in that region? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing people, like you said, there's a lot of people assuming the web three jobs are be a moderator or be a coder. I am neither of those things. <laughs> Um, and I think that's the misconception of whatever job you had before this, there is probably a Web3 equivalent to it. You're a marketer. Great. We need to market. Marketing may be a little different, but the principles are the same. Like, do you understand your consumer? What are you trying to communicate? What are the best channels to reach that audience? Like, that's the the same stuff. If you work in partnerships, there are partnerships happening here left and right. If you work in customer service, like maybe you could do a moderator or a a like dev relations type of role. If you, we actually, one of my favorite examples is a Decentraland guy. He was an in real life DJ. COVID hit, his whole business gone. CJ tracks. He was like, I need to support my family. What am I going to do? Taught himself how to stream his performances and be like, one of our most frequent DJs in the metaverse in in Decentraland. And he then started a business on how to teach people how to convert their DJing skills into digital DJing skills. And so like whatever your job may be, you're an accountant. Great. Learn crypto accountancy, (laughs) help people with their books. Like there are so many opportunities. And I think don't think small. What is it you want to do? What is it this interests you in? Like, what about this interests you? And kind of just dive deep because there aren't experts yet. I've been here two years. I don't consider myself anywhere near an expert in this space. Um, you could definitely like double down, find your niche and really give value in a unique way. Does it feel like uh, more jobs are starting to come with the market kind of warming up a little bit? You know, knock on I mean, wood. it's. It's still a tough market. And I think all of us are really aware of that. Um, I think the best thing I tell people to do if they're interested in is just like be a part of communities, see how it works, ask questions, make your network like there may not be a job now, but when the bull comes, there'll be jobs and there'll be a lot of them. So like, are you setting yourself up now for what the future is going to be? How do you build those skills in your resume? How do you build those referrals you may need if someone asks for a referral. Are you ready with some Web3 backgrounds? And right. you could do that in many ways, um, especially just by learning and engaging in communities. That's how I got started. Yeah, those are really good points. And and stay engaged because that like when people see that you're engaged and you're there, that makes you legit. And they know you're not just like coming out of nowhere with a DM or whatever. You have 
a history of, of engaging and make it yeah, almost feel like they know you. Yeah. Authentically showing up no matter where you're yeah. looking for a job is what's most important. So yeah. um, I think the other thing most people are undervaluing right now is LinkedIn. Everyone's like, it's crypto Twitter. It's crypto Twitter. LinkedIn is a hotspot. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, like it is as long as you're giving value, you're bringing a new perspective. But my circle on LinkedIn has not been talking about metaverses, crypto, digital fashion. And the more and more I talk about it, the more DMs I'm getting. I used to work um, traditionally at ad agencies prior to Web3 Life. I have so many people from my old ad agencies being like, can you teach me this stuff? Like, I just need to know it. I don't know the basics. And you could easily make a business doing that. Um, I do calls with people all the time for free just to like, onboard more people into the into the space to say like, okay, what are your questions? And maybe you do enough of those that you hear the same questions over and over and you can create a webinar, you can host coaching sessions, like whatever it is, but find the info people are looking for and become that expert for them. Uh, well, you mentioned you mentioned onboarding. What What is onboarding like for you guys? Like, we'll switch back to Decentraland actually, because sure. it's Decentraland is, is very Web3, right? Very Web3. <laughs> yes, right. So like, what is that like for you guys? Uh, if people want to come in, you're like, well, you need a, a MetaMask. You got to put some ETH in there. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, you need a what? We do have guest login, which is where we recommend people start. So you don't need a wallet. You don't need anything. Just come in and have fun. You can go to a party. You have basic. We give basic wearables, basic emotes to smart. everyone that yeah, comes I in. Yeah, I like that. Smart, smart. Um, we see quickly, everyone's like, well, I want a cooler outfit or I want, how did they do that move? And then we're like, okay, you do need a wallet to do that kind of stuff. But we've been working on just basic tutorials. How do you do a Twitter thread before an event to say, step one, here's what you do. Step two, and make it really easy for people. We do, we have YouTube videos and our community, again, not through the foundation, they just do this on their own. They do tours every week where they welcome new people and say, hey, every Monday night we do a tour, we welcome new people. Some of them are so sweet and they like are gifting wearables to everyone new that they see. They wear a, hey, I'm new. Sorry, a, hey, I'm here to help, like bubble over their head on days they know new people are coming and you go up and talk to them and they'll gift it out. And that's how I got some of my first wearables into Decentraland. The community reached out to me and they were like, hey, we heard you're new. We want to like make sure you have some cool outfits here. And I was like, you guys are the best. This is great. Um, it's like showing up to the party and you're like, ooh, I am not wearing what everyone else is wearing. <laughs> this feels awkward. So I think having that sense of welcoming helps a lot. But we've definitely been working a lot on the onboarding of when you log in, what do you see? We have like some mini quests we do so that people can learn, you know, what are the keys? How do you explore the map? All of that. But more more is coming and more is definitely needed because it is complicated. And the less we pretend it's complicated, kind of the better. We're also doing as much as we can with making things just more accessible. I'm trying to think when this is going to launch for what I can say here, but there's some new updates coming that'll make it more friendly if you don't own your own wallet or want to sign in in a different way. Coming soon. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, that that seems to be the way a lot of companies are going where like you just they're almost not even mentioning NFTs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that that word has kind of become a dirty word. But uh yeah, that's really cool to hear. That's and it's great to see all these events. I mean, there's a lot going there's a lot going on there. I didn't I didn't quite realize it. You know, 2021 is was the Decentraland, Crypto Voxel, Sandbox. Yeah. It was into all that and then just kind of 
let it go a little bit. Uh, I think it popped a little too early. I don't think anybody is really ready, but it sounds like there's a lot. Oh, 100%. Going <laughs> That's exactly right. what the problem was. It was, yeah. we actually talk about this all the time, is that yeah. when Meta announced their name, it was right. one of our biggest traffic days uh, ever sure. because sure. it brought all the traffic kind of before everyone was ready for it. Like people expected it was coming, but they just, it wasn't fully baked for people that didn't know what Web3 was <laughs> mm-hmm. yet. And so now you're backtracking a little to say, okay, if someone brand new is coming in, what words are we using that make sense? I use myself all the time as like a proxy for the team because I'm like, okay, yeah. this is my second Web2, Web3 thing I've ever worked on. I I know enough and I have no idea what you all just said to me. So like, there's no way a new user knows what you just said. So like, right. how can we make it as normal language as possible? We don't need to say such big explanatory words that make no sense to anyone not in this space. Like, let's just use normal language. Talk about it. It's like your credit card. I was watching. I don't know if you guys saw this circulating, but the marketer in me loved it. The Burger King, I think it was when they had their first transaction with a credit card. There's a news segment. I'll find it and send it to you because it's fascinating. (laughs) There's a news segment that went pretty viral recently. And it's someone using their credit card for the first time at Burger King. And everyone interviewed is like, who would ever do that? How would you not have enough cash for Burger King? That's ridiculous. And it's like, people are absolutely shitting on credit cards. They're like, there is no way people will do this. And like, that's where we're at. People are like, there's no way I'm going to party in a metaverse. And I'm like, yes, you will. Right. You know. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna buy digital land, you know. People it's, digital it's, it's, money, right. no. Right. I, I remember like, people can saying I physically yeah. live there. Why would yeah. I want to? I exactly. Know, and you're like, it'll happen, it'll happen. <laughs> but that was such a good reminder for me of like where we're at, you know. Yeah. That happened at a time where it made sense to a lot of people. Burger King adopted it, you know. Right. Burger yeah. King is not necessarily a first mover <laughs> in new tech. So yeah. It's funny to see looking back there to say, what is going to be our Burger King moment where everyone's like, no way, but it's on national Mm -hmm. news and everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is normal. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that I guess that is how you know we're early, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I say all the time, the only thing my son ever asked me for are Fortnite skins. He wants V-Bucks or whatever. Like, that's what he wants, you know? So like The the role, they just, uh, what did I see? A lot of parents... The kids are asking for Robux, (laughs) the bucks. Yeah, right. For for Christmas or whatever, the holidays. But think about all that. They're spending all that money and they don't own any of it. They can't resell them. They can't do anything with it. And you're like, how much money do they spend? And that's what's interesting to me is that my brother played video games growing up and was definitely looking into that stuff. And I was like, but you can't do anything with it. And now people say that to me and I'm like, but I can. I can yeah. take it to another place. So even with our Decentraland wearables now, um, they all have the VRM capability to export. So you can bring your Decentraland avatar anywhere compatible. HyperFi, Mona, on Cyber. You could use it as your, um, I'm not as good at this yet, but I could show up to this interview as my Decentraland avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's making it even cooler in how can this NFT have additional value? Now I have an online persona and an online character I can take with me anywhere. And right. I can define her style, her moves. I can define everything. And that makes that wearable more valuable to me. If Adidas made that coat, originally it was only in Decentraland. 
Now I take it with me. That's a more mm-hmm. valuable wearable. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I think like that's the future of video games. People are going to want to play the video game with their avatar, with their one on one, whatever. Like if it's a board ape or if it's whatever. And even Roblox announced that they they said that the one of the guys recently said like you know the future is in tokenized gaming. Like mm-hmm. they know, they all know it. They're just they're going to keep they're going to keep making as much money as they can for now <laughs> until they have to, you know. That's yeah, it'll be interesting sure. to see. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see all the digital identities people create. Like, yeah. it's fun when you see an avatar walk through into Central Inn. I'm like, oh, I know that's Tang Poco because that <laughs> hairstyle plus that avatar, like that walk, she has a strut that she made into an <laughs> emote. And I'm like, that's Tang, 100%. And so being able to look at people's identities is a lot of fun. That's crazy. And our digital identity, like, people don't even realize that we do really value our value our digital identity now. Like you think, oh, that's so crazy, you know, land in the metaverse. Well, we're on social media all the time and that's our digital identity. And, you know, we're like putting out how we want people to portray us. And yeah, it's just, it's it's only just going to get more and more advanced, which is, you know, blockchain. So yeah, it is exciting. I'm I'm curious your thoughts too on like, what you kind of see for the future of the metaverse and like, or maybe even like the next bull run Um, because there's always new developments that happen and, you know, big waves of people and trends and everything. So what are, what are your thoughts on the future of the metaverse? The, the kind of near term immediate future is I'm excited for all the new creators being able to show us what they're capable of. I think every time we put on a new event, I'm so impressed with the creativity and the ability to use the space in a new way. So seeing how people take, maybe they're a traditional artist and they figure out how to make that in a 3D world and how does that come to life and expand their creativity. That's really cool to see. Um, I'm excited about headsets, even though I said meta isn't like metaverse isn't necessarily a headset, but it could be. And like, what would that look like if you had a headset on and then you're into Central Land? That's going to be a cool thing now that we believe the hardware is getting to a better place. So that'll be really interesting to see how that adjusts the platform and how people use it in the future. Um, And I'm also just really interested in the creator economy. I'm personally excited by all of that. Again, not a creator, but really great ways for people to be independent, own their own careers, be creators and make money for it. I mean, that's an exciting opportunity. And I can't wait to see the different types of people that can do that beyond just an artist or a musician. Um, I think there are going to be other things that come to light from that and will open a lot of doors for people around the world. Exciting, exciting times. Um, Okay, cool. Well, Michael, do you have any last minute questions before our final segment? Uh, I want to get back. I want to ask a question uh, that I used to ask all the time, but I haven't too recently. I want to give you a chance to shout out any artists that you uh, really like that you think deserve some shine. I'd like to maybe learn about a couple new artists. Put you on the spot a little bit. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I love shouting out artists. Um, nice. One of my favorite one-on-ones I have is from an artist called The Mystic. 
Um, she does really cool individual art and it's like um, dot art and characters. And she created a really awesome one-on-one for me. It used to be my PFP on Twitter. I actually recently changed it to my face because I was going to in real life events and wanted people to find me. Um, but she created a beautiful piece for me that's a mom holding a baby and I have a phone and it's just this like awesome story of me starting out working while I was being a stay-at-home mom and evolving into this space. And I loved that she was able to create a one-of-one um, that was kind of unique to my story. It was like she asked me my daughter's favorite colors and created it. Really, that relationship we can have with artists is something that I think is super unique and cool to this space. Um, so I love the mystic. I shouted out Adriana before. She's a fashion illustrator. Uh, Talia Zoraf is also a fashion illustrator who does some cool work. And then very different type of work is um, Jamie Derringer. And she's been playing. She did uh, one of the one-on-ones for CPG, has also done a bunch of different drops as well. And I don't know how to describe your style, but I like it. I think it's really fun and it's really colorful and generative, but not pfps or characters it's just like color blocks that are kind of all blended together and kind of a glitchy type style she's gonna hear this and be like how did you describe my art but Uh... (laughs) it's really really cool and definitely recommend people checking it out cool love that i want to get i want to give you one because you're you have a a lot of really cool uh art in your twitter banner and your x banner Oh, uh, yes. Do you, do you know Nyla Hayes, Long Necky Ladies? I do. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking she'd be somebody you would like. We love her. I, I love Nyla. She's from Philly, too. So, yeah, she does great work. Um, yeah. I love a lot of the young girls in this space. Uh, I'm also an advisor yeah. for shout out to Miss O'Cool Girls, who is building um, Web3. I meant to learning. mention that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. They're I saw doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing really cool stuff. And I think just making sure that as we're building for this future, young girls aren't left behind and they're learning. Um, so if there are any young girls in your lives, um, that project's really cool. And they're building yeah. some really awesome educational tools. Cool. Mine are seven, mine are uh, six years old. Is that too young? Six and a no, half? No, definitely. And no, you get free really? ETH for them to do their first mint. What? Free yeah, ETH? it's all free, nice. free ETH for them to mint their first um, cool. project. And it can be any project they want. It doesn't have to be oh. a MISO. But oh, for, is kind of fun. Oh, too. to mint that take. Okay, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can no, mint no. anything though. You don't have to mint right. theirs. They just want yeah, to help no, well, girls mint mm-hmm. their first thing. Um, cool. I minted one for my daughter, and she thought it was so I'm cool. Look She's like, "That's and mine." My girls. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's yours. You own it." I mean, nice. I think it's fun to teach kids what that means, and then also see a little representation of themselves as well, Heck which yeah. is cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I've been. I was uh, last time I went to visit my niece and nephews. They're like all under six. And I was showing them my NFTs and I was like, these are the ones that I own. And they're like, whoa. And then I would show them some collections and I'd be like, which ones, which one would you want? Like, that one. Can you buy that one? <laughs> and I'm just and you're like, like, that one's totally- true. I said, no way. <laughs> um, totally. I totally just bought it just now. And yes, you can have it. <laughs> you're like, I'll, but, send, I'll yeah. send you the screenshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just the idea of like, oh, you can, you're, I'm owning something digitally mm-hmm. and, you know, you can buy things digitally. And, but, um, yeah, that is, I mean, the kids, the kids, they are get gonna, it. They get it. They get yeah, it. They, they get totally it. Totally get it. Yeah. I mean, they're buying skins left and right. Digital identity <laughs> is yeah. first nature yeah. to them, not even second. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right gas Wars, cool. gas gas Wars, Wars time. I feel yeah. like I'm yes. like nervous for gas wars because uh, I always suck at these questions. 
<laughs> you'll do good. You'll do good. Uh, you're actually, I mean, you've, this whole interview, you've been really great at like just talking about, you know, whatever the topic is. And I don't know, just R- going above and beyond with your answer. Yeah, so yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> See, I feel like that stuff's easier than like you asking me my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, okay, uh, delete favorite movie. <laughs> no, I wrote it down. Right, I was ready for that, that one. one. <laughs> oh, wow. okay, wait, you listened to the podcast before I then. do, you know of course. Why? Okay. I'm a big podcast fan. I love oh, podcasts. So That is cool. Yeah, my favorite podcast is uh, How I Built This. I love entrepreneurial mm. stories, all of that kind of stuff, and the marketer in me can't resist yeah. hearing. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of. Yeah, <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know Andy does as well. Andy's like Andy knows all about podcasts. He's yeah, a, but I love your guys' podcast. It's great. Nice. Thank Aww. you so much. That is yeah. So nice. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna start because actually we have a community question, and this is our first time. You're the first person we're doing a community question. Oh, on. nice. So, uh, community question is biggest Web3 regret. <laughs> is it obvious if I say not selling at the top? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's very that's valid. the obvious one. But no, I think my biggest regret is not supporting more artists when I had the ETH to do so. I feel like at that time, I started just kind of, I was, I was supporting, you know what I wish I did? I spent a lot on a few artists and I wish I spread it out a little more, mm. spread out that love. Like I got a bunch of one collection and I'm like, oh, I wish I did like two of that one, one of that one and just like spread it out to a little bit more, especially the one of one artists that weren't doing like PFP type collections. I got a lot right. of PFP collections. I was right. I finally had ETH during that craze and really went all in on them. And there were a lot of fun, a lot of good community members, but I really wish I spent more time diving into some of the really awesome one-on-one artists in the space. I like that. Great. Yeah, very nice. Uh, who is your favorite stand-up comedian? Oh, um, <laughs> see, these ones are going to kill me. I am <laughs> so bad with celebrity names <laughs> that I'm like, who? We just watched. I like ones that... So. I have a like potty mouth galore, but I think ones that can do like a clean set is impressive. So like I don't mind curses, but like not ones that aren't picking on groups or tearing others down, but are just funny. So kind of like the old school Seinfeld. Um, I went and saw him live and really enjoyed his set. There are. A f- oh, my gosh. We literally just did a stand up the other night and I'm not going to remember his name, but it was great. It was a Netflix special. <laughs> he has too. Um, and I'm he's literally... clean. Was it uh, Nate Bergazzi? Yes. Yeah, I know. He's very <laughs> wow, popular right now. That was good, Michael. <laughs> touche. Touche. Yeah. Did you just watch his special recently? <laughs> I, I didn't, but I know he has one out. I know he's very yeah. popular and I know he's clean. So, he, yeah, it. there's that's not that many that hit guess. those buckets. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, he was oh, pretty good. I just listened to his. I, I, I was watching some clips of him on YouTube. He's really funny. He's super yeah, funny. He, he's and, like, very funny. He's not he's knocking anyone down, you know? Yeah. I really it's like, like relatable. I, yeah. I love how he does is like, I don't know, just kind of like they're like your average. He's a delivery. American His delivery is good. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's just, he's funny. He's, he's good. Funny. I like him. I love that you just solved that problem for me because I'm over here Googling. I'm like, <laughs> what the Michael heck is his name? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's see. What is one of your pet peeves? I am a little bit of a planner and trying to cross things off my to-do list a lot. So one of my pet peeves is kind of when I 
talk to people and they all say they're going to get it done. But like, I never hear like Ooh. when or do you need help or anything. And I'm just sitting around being like, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. But I'm like, <laughs> I just need to know. Can I cross <laughs> it off my list? <laughs> That's a good one. That's probably it. <laughs> what is your favorite vacation spot? Hmm. I'm a little spoiled because I do live in San Diego. So I get to go to the beach pretty often. But I love vacations that are experiences where you really get to dive into the culture. And the place I spent the most time doing that was Italy. And I really, I mean, you can't go wrong with Italian food, no. Italian wine, no. the the scenery, like different parts yeah. of the country all have yeah, different Yeah, the museums, the vibes. art, the history, all of it. Yeah. So sure. I, think, I think Italy is probably up there. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, I heard like the tomatoes are like way better. So, I mean, everything. The pasta. I mean, that's, like, yeah, the to- that's the least of it. Well, the tomatoes you... probably aren't like genetically <laughs> modified. So no, they're real tomatoes. Like some grandmother definitely. Yeah, San Marzano, San Marzano tomatoes. Yeah. Are, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you can eat pasta all day there and feel good and drink wine all day. And you're like, I feel great the next day. And I, I want my life Italy. to be like that all the time. <laughs> yes. I eat pasta and drink wine and have a good time. <laughs> what is your favorite fruit? Ooh, favorite fruit? I think it's green grapes. Green, especially gr- like green? frozen. Yeah, the green grapes oh. are my favorite. Wow, you kind of like want the sour. Yeah, a little bit of that like sour, and you could free. When I was a kid, my mom would bring them to the pool all the time and like freeze them. And so I think it has oh, that like the nostalgic. Best and then you could like dip it in fluff, which takes all the health out of it, but it's so good. What if fluff? Had, oh my gosh, I'm gonna change your world. It's like <laughs> melted marshmallow gooiness oh great with my- that's interesting <laughs> it's that so good you mix half fluff half cream cheese and then it's like a dip for a strawberries grapes it's so good wow i just that's elevated that. your snack game <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is interesting. i freeze grapes all the time i love frozen grapes because it's like i can eat so many grapes so it kind of so like many slows me down you know if they're frozen mm-hmm. it like makes me like mm. not eat them as fast yeah Watermelon's a close second, which is so good on a summer day. Oh, that's the best summer fruit. Yeah, definitely. So my next question actually kind of feeds into the weird fluff concoction that you made. (laughs) What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I I will say I'm not an adventurous eater. I wouldn't say it's weird, but not super common. Uh, We had a friend who's a chef and they did a full like chef's kitchen experience, which is amazing um, up in Vermont. And they did rabbits. And mm-hmm. it was delicious, but I couldn't get out of my head that it was like a bunny and it really was killing me inside a little bit. Uh, so that's probably the most adventurous I'd get with food. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbits. What did that taste like? Um, It was in a ravioli. So like hard oh, to okay. do it by itself. But I mean, right. the whole bite was amazing. <laughs> ravioli. Yeah. I- yeah. I had it once. Yeah, I had it once at a Jose Andres restaurant. He's this awesome chef in DC. And uh, it was like braised rabbit. So it was actually the whole rabbit, like the pieces of, but then it was like, it was just like a little chicken. I don't think I could do it. Did it look like, could you see like the rabbit, like the outline of the rabbit? Uh, Like the the little leg. So it'd be like a little little thigh. Not the legs. No, not the legs. Well, you could eat a chicken thigh, like a chicken leg. It's the same. It looks the same, just smaller. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It's it like looks one like of those a chicken things leg. that's just like culturally like acceptable, a, yeah. and the rabbit yeah. to me is just not. <laughs> even even worse, you guys are gonna love this. In uh, in uh, Peru, they do koi, which is guinea pig, 
and they like roast oh, it whole. No. And you get the whole getting fit. It's like no, thank you. Whole. Can't do it. I don't even like seeing rotisserie. Ch- I mean, obviously, I don't eat meat, but I don't even like right. seeing the rotisserie chickens at the like dashes. I'm like, oh, I yeah, can't even no. do like the pig roast. And I love meat and eat mm-hmm. a lot of I hear that. meat in general. I, I just can't have it look like the animal, really. I hear that. I think that's the apology to when... all the vegetarians out there. I'm so sorry for this segment. <laughs> yeah, me. Uh, no, sorry. I, no, no, it's fine. Um, I I remember when I was a little kid, probably around five, and I think this is when I probably knew that I wanted to be vegetarian. Like, and Valid. that's why when I was 14. But I I went to my cousin's <laughs> house in California, and we went to their barn, and there was this really really fat pig. It was really, oh, no. really fat, and it, it it was so fat that it couldn't stand up, and it was oh. laying on its side because it was so fat. And they're like, and I was like, oh my god, is it okay? They're like, yeah, well, we just fatten it up so that we can cook it and eat it, and like, you know, it, it oh. tastes better, or whatever. And then literally that same day, <laughs> they were freaking. They cooked the freaking pig, no. and I was traumatized because I saw. The, the giant pig when it was already dead and roasted, like actually no. looking like the pig. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can never, I, I was like, no, I'm not eating this. And I think I, I was never the same after that. I don't so. think I would be the same. Yeah. And I know it happens, like psychologically, I understand. Right. But I'm like, seeing it was like, oh, no. I don't think I could see it. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. This, quest- this question is really mean for Jen. Because yeah. I feel like every answer is probably a meat. <laughs> a random okay. meat. I guess, am I next? I'm yeah, next, right? you're number right. four. Okay, so I, I feel like we have to ask, since you said you wrote it down already, uh, what is your favorite movie? I think Moneyball. Again, sports, sorry. But Moneyball. love good sports, good sports movies just get to you. And I love ones that are like, I love finance movies too. Big Short is probably up there for me Ooh, in favorite movies too. So I love this like, the math is involved, the sport, doing something new, being innovative in this space, going against the grain of what everyone else is doing. I think those are fun stories woven in versus the like traditional sports movie you expect. I need to see my I love now. sports movies. They're they're my favorite category. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. All right. What is the most underrated NFT project that you are not affiliated with? I don't know. I mean, I would say they're not underrated but I'm just still mad I'm not a part of it so much as a marketer is the pudgy penguins. Like just as a marketer, it is so good. And I'm so mad I never got in it. And like a mom, like those would be so fun to buy my kids the little pudgies and have the digital. Like I'm just like, Kim, you screwed up here. You bought the wrong animal NFT. It's Cyber Monday today. And they're having, I know they're doing like a Cyber Monday deal at Walmart. And yeah, for the plushies, a bunch of them sold out. Did you see they sold out? Oh, really? Really? Pretty much everywhere. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they crushed it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh Luca is crushing it. He he sends us stuff. We've gotten like, I need a plushie. Oh my God, how cute are they? Like, come on. It's so good. Oh, the little one's so cute. Yeah. It get, it get and their their TikTok is just like mm-hmm. their social media in terms they announced, of they announced today ten billion <laughs> views on their gifts. Did you see that? I know the gifts That's are so wild. good. I sent it's them brilliant. to my They're team brilliant. months yeah. ago and was like, these gifts are amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. They made so many. There's one for everything. Like you search so something, good. it pops up. Yeah. Oh god. Incredible. Yeah, that's the one 
it's definitely not underrated, but I still think it's underrated for what it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> funny, funny side story. They're doing a party for Art Basel and you needed a little pudgy to get it. Remember, Jenny, I said I was going to buy a pudgy, get the ticket. Did you buy it so you can go? Yeah. I you? bought a, I bought a little pudgy, got the ticket. The little pudgy's up 25% since I bought it. I bet they nice. are. Yeah, it went from 0.4 to 0.49. They're nice. only point four. The oh, the little pudgy. The little, yeah, the little yeah, yeah. I was the like, big wait, ones are like the nine. big ones are over like six, six now. They're yeah. over yeah. six. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'll kick yeah. myself for that one. Damn drunken <laughs> panda versus uh, pudgy no. penguins, and I I picked the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The drunken pandas. That's just... God, it kills me every time. <laughs> Not the drunken <laughs> pandas. There were like there were like four penguin projects though, so it's there like you so had many. to like. I oh, the part. Do you remember when there was the rivalry party penguin versus yeah, edgy penguin? Yeah. Oh my god! And they were the same floor price at one point, and yeah. now I think party penguins are probably below point what, zero one. For what's sure. your what's your your guess is below point zero one? That's my guess. Kim, what's your guess? Yeah, it's it's got to be like nothing. I'm going point oh oh seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is it? You're point oh oh seven nine. Oh, you're the winner of a party penguin. Yeah. The, <laughs> I win a party the, penguin. Yeah. The real the real move is finding out who owns this contract and buying it from them for cheap, like yeah. Luca did, and reviving Re- this. Reviving thing. it. Reviving. At this point, you can't reviving, go with penguin. You need something no, because, else. Well, no, you can because the thing is with these old projects, you're gonna see it. People that are smart because you already have a community. And yeah. you have a community of people that are financially incentivized to see it do well. So they will, if you put out a little effort, they will help you. Like yeah, if I go, totally. look at, if you go to the ether scan on party, I mean, penguins, I don't know about party. You know, I do remember seeing you guy. don't think party penguins has a show. I don't know that party no. penguins is coming back. No, but, but there are some out there for sure. Yes, there yeah. are some out there. Also, the one thing party penguin has for them is I remember a guy got a party penguin, his party penguin tattooed on his butt. Oh, like, do you guys remember that? There were so many tattoos at one point. I'm like, you're all <laughs> going to regret this. Don't I, be I dumb. I started screenshotting them all and I was going to make a big compilation. And you got to do it. There was too many. Like It's like got... the, the graveyard of yeah. PFP tats. <laughs> yeah. It's... Too many. Pr- too many. Pranks, Pranksy owns 100 uh, party penguins. That's low for him. That's a yeah, low but, amount. Well, yeah. he's, the, he's the sixth highest. The highest only is 150. Yeah. Those are ones where you're like, Let's donate them for people to just learn. Right. Like, just, learn yeah. to trade, figure it out. Right, you know, right, play right. Around. No doubt. No doubt. Our I have, I have a lot I could contribute to that. that cause. Yeah, I know. Me too. Same, All the hidden same. folder ones. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I just, I have a new wallet. <laughs> just mm. assume it's dead. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. All right. Number five for you, Jenny. Oh, shoot. My bad. I didn't right. know. I like, okay. You're my okay. last question is. What is a book that's changed your life? Ooh, so funny. I wrote down because you guys were asking favorite movies, favorite everything. I was like, I need to have a book ready, a podcast ready. Because <laughs> I, I like freak. I like pause on the spot where I'm like, I don't know the names of any of them. Um, I really like the book Range by David Epstein. I don't know if anyone's heard it, but it's all about being a generalist in a specialist world kind of thing. And the examples are so good in it. There's a lot of sports examples. There's a lot of examples of like military leaders, of entrepreneurs, of just how having that experience of well-roundedness and how you can apply it to different scenarios versus being like, I am Tiger Woods. I'm learning just golf at, you know, a few months old versus the, I believe it's Andy 
Roddick of like didn't specialize in tennis till 14. And so his body has different movements than just only tennis. Um, So I think that idea of generalization versus specialization is really interesting, especially it's a big thing in the marketing world of are you on the generalist side or the specialist side? And I always wished I was I had chosen the specialist track. But I think reading that book made me really appreciate that I didn't and went more generalist and have a lot more. I, I say I have the, you know, mile wide, five feet deep. Versus the people that have a mile deep and five feet wide. I think there's a lot more um, breadth of experience you can apply to different situations and kind of think outside the box with that. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, because they always preach to you like, oh, you need to specialize and you yes. need to be really good at one thing. And it's like, that, there was another book somebody said too, I forget the name, but it's like being good at multiple things. It is way better creatively than just mm-hmm. being really good at one thing. Yeah. So it's a great book. Definitely recommend it. Sweet. All right. And my final question is, uh, what is a goal you have for 2024 that you'd like to speak into existence? Ooh. I haven't done my 2024 planning yet. So this is preemptive. <laughs> um, goal I would like to speak into existence. I would like to have like set quarterly like number of creators that I kind of help teach about this space kind of do like a open call office hours like for complimentary to just help more people kind of learn and share that knowledge in a way um I just haven't carved out the time to do it properly and I really want to like take that time get it all together and and Bring more people in. Sweet. All right. You made it. You survived. All right. Great job. You didn't ask me any more celebrities that I don't know, which is great. That might have been the long, (laughs) that might have been the longest gas wars of all time. Really? The longest? I don't know. Fact check that, Jenny. Fact check that. Not the longest. (laughs) No, maybe, honestly, maybe. I, I, I only say no because I just, I don't know. I, yeah, it probably is. I have no idea why it wouldn't be. It was a solid seven minutes, maybe. It went for a while because we had some good conversations in there. Ten minutes, maybe. No, no, Um, it wasn't. Give me an open mic and I can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, round two. You made it. You need to be round two now. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was a longer episode in general, so... Yeah, usually we just kind of stick to the hour, but this was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, thank you, Kim, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for the invite. I really enjoyed this and uh, would love to meet up in person at one of the one of the upcoming conferences and events. I'm sure we'll we'll cross paths. You're going to go to VCon in August? I want, I'm actually not a V friends holder. Well, it's in LA. The tickets are I know. You get, it's, you get I it from point one or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might have to do it because it's here. I mean, I have really no excuse. Jenny's, so. v- Jenny's VIP. They'll give her, they give her like a whole bunch of tickets. I'll get you get backstage. All right, Jenny, we got it. I'll send Please. you <laughs> She hasn't gotten Andy and I backstage. She's going to get everybody else. But I'll get Kim backstage. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, we got this. We got this. <laughs> Priorities. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Perfect. Well, this was great. It. I get it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. 
Sweet. Thank you. I'll see you. I'll see you at the next Decentraland party. We'll we'll get our avatars ready to go. Yes. So see you in the Pink for everyone. <laughs> yes. All right. With that said, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast, and we will catch you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NFTicket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>